Welcome to the Socrates Podcast, an intellectual discussion and analysis of the world's most popular sport. On today's episode, we'll take a look at Leeds United tactics and what's different under new manager Jesse Marsh, and of course the big game from the weekend, Man City versus Liverpool, a great, great game, two heavyweights, we'll take a look at that game and dive into some of the tactics, all this and more, coming right up. Welcome everyone to the Socrates Podcast, I'm your host Jake Marchesani, and what a weekend it was for the Premier League. Um, just some great games back in action. And, you know, I'm going to start with Leeds United. I mentioned before, I think, that I am, a, in fact, a Leeds United fan, although I'm also a Manchester United fan in England. That would not make any sense. However, I watched the Leeds United documentary on Amazon and was just captivated by the team, by the ownership, the excitement. And I bought in and got excited about Leeds. And then they got promoted to the Premier League. And last season, they were everybody's favorite team. They were exciting, dynamic. They conceded some goals, but they also scored a lot of goals and were able to uh, finish in the top 10. And so they had some high expectations this season. And unfortunately, they were conceding a lot more goals and not scoring as many goals. And so the difficult decision came down to um, part ways with their legendary manager, Marcelo Bielsa, who uh, just became a legend at the club, the community, the players. And so it was a tall task for Jesse Marsh, an American who coached at um, Red Bull Leipzig. Before that, he was at Red Bull Salzburg and Red Bull New York previously. So he had had success in that system but didn't have a very good spell over at uh, Leipzig. So I was intrigued by him coming over to Leeds. I actually thought it was a great fit, a great appointment, and was really curious to see how he would approach the, the team and try to turn things around. And they, you know, his job was to save them from relegation, and they've been doing that. I think they're pretty clear now. I think they're pretty safe. They got uh, a lot of players coming back from injury that really – hurt them this season and so you know they got another win against Watford another team that they needed to beat and it was a a 3-0 win and um, they've been improving a lot they got 10 points from the last four games and they they can probably feel pretty safe and they can start to I think prepare for next season as well and so yeah just excited about it you know they set up as a 4-2-4 Kind of a 4-2-2-2. They can look similar. And um, they had two center mids, and they had kind of four players up front. And, um, you know, early on, I I thought, you know, when I watched the game, I always watch it with an intriguing eye. I want to see how the team's going to line up. I want to see how they're going to play. I want to see what I can notice about, you know, what the manager might want to accomplish in that game. And so... You know, early on, I thought they did a great job chasing, winning the ball back, um, but they really struggled to maintain possession. I took notes during the first half, and I just noticed a lot of times bypassing their two center mids and trying to play the long ball. And, uh, you know, it just didn't look like they wanted to build 
or play through their center mids. And there's nothing wrong with that. I just didn't feel like they were able to get a foothold on the game and really get control of the game. You know, typically you can find control on the game through your center mids. They can calm it down. They can keep possession and they can uh, look to, you know, spring some players forward. Um, but I just didn't see a lot of opportunities for them to get their center mids involved. Maybe it was a little bit of Watford's pressure and how they were defending, but it just didn't even look like they were looking to use them. And so I don't know if that was part of their tactics. They were looking to play the ball out wide. They played it up to Rafinha a few times, and ultimately their goal, you know, was pretty scrappy, but it was played up, ball bounced around a little bit. They were able to win it, and they put and and it was a great finish to put the ball away. But what I noticed was, you know, they of course they're going to work hard. Leeds United, all those players work hard. That wasn't going to change under Jesse Marsh. But what I have noticed is just keeping control of the formation, staying a little bit more disciplined. Uh, the players are seeming to buy into his philosophy. And you know what I noticed though in the first half, it was pretty sporadic weren't really able to gain much control you know when they were able to spring passes together uh they they got some stuff so you know one move uh nice move consisted of 11 passes and they won a corner from it and when they were able to string the passes together i felt like leeds was they were creating better opportunities but i just didn't seem like they were looking for that very often uh, and so, you know, they ended up 1-0 uh, at, at, at halftime. It was kind of like, you know, Watford was pressing. They were trying to get something. They just were not very clinical at, at their end. And Leeds was able to finish on their goal. So 1-0 at half. Second half, um, you know, Watford was looking much more in control. Better side. Uh, they were maintaining possession they were keeping the ball in the leads uh, defensive half but they just weren't creating clear-cut opportunities uh, a little bit later on though they did have some chances and they just weren't able to put it away and I was waiting for Calvin Phillips to come in I wanted to see if if the game would change a little bit with him coming in and you know he came in around the 60th minute and just didn't see a whole lot change I thought maybe he could help settle leads a little bit and and maintain a little bit more control and possession uh didn't really see much of it leads lost a little bit of their shape in the second half but again way more disciplined than what we were seeing in the last few games under bielsa they were they were they were trying to maintain their shape and stay engaged i thought jesse marsh made some great substitutions and overall you know uh those Substitute those substitutes came came in, contributed to their goals. They got two goals late on in the second half and uh, put the game away. And so I look forward to seeing what Leeds is going to do to finish the season. I do feel like they are pretty safe at this point and just excited to see what they're gearing up for for next season, who the players that Jesse Marsh might bring in and uh, continue to build. But it looks like he's got great buy-in from the players. I like his philosophy of, you know, pressing high energy, but also wanting to get up, get up the field, score, and also try to maintain control of the game when they can. That's been one of the things he's been talking about a lot. And so, you know, I just wanted to start with that. 
because uh, I've been excited about leads and curious and interested to see how they do. Moving on to the big game of the weekend, Sunday, 11.30 Eastern, Liverpool versus Man City. The game everybody was waiting for, you know, I think even fans of other teams wanted to watch this game because they knew it was going to be a great, great game. Two teams playing at a very high level right now. In my opinion, the top two teams in Europe, really, when I look at Liverpool and Man City, both of them, uh, they don't really have a lot of injuries right now. They got full squads, and they're playing great. And they're still in the Champions League. They're still in the FA Cup. And they have a chance to play each other in both of those competitions. Um, but this game started, you know, there was a lot on the line. Liverpool coming in one point behind City, better goal differential. And, of course, it was amazing. It was an amazing game. It lived up to the billing. It was captivating. It was high energy, high pace. And both teams were playing at a high level. They both showed up and that's what made it so exciting in the first half city came out more on the front foot you know they were pressing and it showed they scored a goal in the, in the first five minutes and uh, liverpool were a little bit rattled and both teams you know know how to handle that kind of pressure though so i didn't i wasn't worried i didn't it wasn't going to be a classic city game where they uh they score early they dominate the game, maybe get one or two more goals. It just didn't have that feel to it. It was way too high high energy uh, to, to move into that type of game. And so when you look at the formations, you know, City normally plays a 4-3-3. And I'm going to put uh, asterisks next to that because it's, it's really more like a 2-3-5, if I'm being honest. You know, whenever I watch City play... They show four defenders, but when they're when they have possession of the ball and they're moving into the opponent's half, their fullbacks move up a lot and they're in they they are almost you know uh, like center mids. So they they play with inverted fullbacks. They move up and in, and so really you have two center backs and then the two fullbacks come up alongside of. Rodri, who's usually the center mid. So they play that 2-3-5. Everybody knows they don't have a striker, traditionally speaking. And they have five players who kind of interchange. They play between the lines. They don't have quite set positions. And they look to be fluid. They look to get out wide. They look to, you know, drop in. And so that's typically what they play. However, I think they did make some adjustments because they were playing Liverpool. Today, was it looked more like a 4-2-4. And when I say today, I mean when we watched the game on Sunday. Um, their fullbacks were much wider. Kyle Walker and Cancelo, they did not tuck in like they normally do. They stayed wide, and they pushed higher up off the pitch. And I think they wanted to try to take advantage of the Liverpool fullbacks, Trent Alexander-Arnold and Robertson, who like to get forward themselves, trying to keep them honest and keep them pinned back a little bit. But also, if they did spring forward, uh, though the, the City fullbacks, I think, were up high to try to take advantage of open space. 
On the other hand, Liverpool played their traditional 4-3-3 uh, with pressing, you know, the front three doing their thing, uh, Mane and Jota and Salah. Center mids playing with Fabinho as the holding and Thiago and Henderson higher up. You know, overall, I thought uh, Mo Salah had a quiet game. You know, just wasn't quite um, his ruthless self. Robertson uh, at left back had a great game. Put tremendous crosses in. Had, you know, a cross that led to their, uh, Liverpool's first goal. And uh, I would say, though, that Trent Alexander-Arnold, although he got the assist in the first goal that Liverpool scored, I just thought he was a little bit disappointing. Felt like he gave the ball away a lot. Was kind of uh, diving in on challenges. Not not really uh, playing solid defending. And gave the ball away a little bit. And so, you know, I, I thought, I don't know if it was the pressure, the big game. But I thought, didn't see a couple Liverpool players at their best. Uh, Virgil van Dijk, I thought, put in another solid performance. That guy is such a great defender the way he positions himself um, really uh, saves a lot of of trouble for his team and so he cleans everything up I really I really see some of the ways he positions himself when he's running back to um, to if he's outnumbered on a two-on-one the the timing of how of when he decides to go pressure the ball is perfect he doesn't give the opponent a chance to play the ball across and by the time he's ready to step over it's too late to play the ball across and he's cut the angle down on the shot and usually he he's able to clean a lot of things up and I thought he had a good solid game you know what I like about Liverpool you know when I look at their first goal they uh, you know they scored 10 minutes after their after City did so they got level 1-1 pretty quickly but the ball you know comes out comes out to Roberts, uh, Andy Robertson on the left, and all the advanced players for Liverpool make runs into the box. And Trent Alexander-Arnold, the fullback, was up. He made a run. Henderson, like they, they're eager to get into the box. They see the ball go out wide, and they know that uh, that Robertson's gonna swing it in. And so they commit men forward. They want to get in the box. They want to get get up and score and get numbers high up the pitch and that's something that characterizes Liverpool. One thing that I thought was interesting was the first two goals were both deflections. And so, you know, it doesn't have to be these worldy goals that, you know, they score in these big games. Uh deflections uh they count the same as, you know, a, a strike from 30 yards. And so, it's about it's about getting forward, getting players in the box and just taking opportunities and that's what these play these teams do one of the things i love about liverpool is uh they are a team you know like when if someone makes a mistake they don't if someone you know uh doesn't play the right pass or messes up you never see any of them put their head down or shake their head or get upset or or annoyed by their teammates and yes i am thinking of cristiano ronaldo who does that all the time? But they just go back and work and try to win the ball back for their teammate. And that is something that they have all bought into in Klopp's philosophy. And that's something that I love watching with Liverpool is 
They don't get down on their teammates. They don't get down on their cell. They don't have time to do that. And they get after it and try to win the ball back. City, you know, they are just a great team. And so both of these teams going back and forth, this was a high-energy, fast-paced game. And it was great to watch. The spectators, if you were a neutral like I was, although I was rooting for Liverpool a little bit, I enjoyed it thoroughly. And, um, you know, I think everybody did. It lived up to the billing. I almost wish there was more goals. I I felt like, oh, man, there wasn't enough goals, but it was 2-2. I think it was because the goals, kind of the way they were scored, you know, first five minutes, then Liverpool got another one back pretty quickly. And then Liverpool scored their second goal a minute into the second half. And then we played the rest of the half without a goal. Obviously, there was an offsides goal by Sterling, which I thought was really close. But the entertainment level of this game was phenomenal. It was everything we were hoping for. And I really, really enjoyed watching it. And I enjoyed watching it with just the extra set of eyes on wanting to see how they lined up, what their tactics were. And what I want to really dive into in this episode for the last few minutes that we have is the way that these teams press. Pressing is so important in the modern game and it's talked about more and more. And the interesting thing is these two teams have totally different styles of pressing. And it's really interesting to watch. You know, uh, it it is really becoming one of the things that uh, the top teams do more and more and do better than everybody else. And so when you look at Manchester City, they press and they press high and they press hard so they can win the ball back. Pep said he likes to keep the ball. He likes to have it. And so when they win the ball, they're not in a hurry. They want to keep the ball, build it up, and maintain possession. And so you saw a lot of Kevin De Bruyne as the number 10 pressing through the middle, splitting the two uh, the, the, the front players and pressing the center backs through the middle. And it, and it seemed like with that strategy that... They sent one guy up high to press the middle so that when they won the ball back, they had you know, they had most of their team behind the ball. If they won it, they had options to win the ball to possession, maintain it, and start to build again. De Bruyne can come back, get the ball, and try to work between the lines. Liverpool, on the other hand, they press high up the pitch typically in order to win the ball to try to be able to score quickly, ideally within six seconds. And that is the whole uh, Gagan pressing philosophy is when you win the ball from the opponent, they are at their most vulnerable. You know, they were usually spread out in their, you know, uh, in their possession formation, if you will. And they're looking to build and play. And if you win the ball and go quickly, The other team doesn't have time to collapse into their defensive shape. And so if you win the ball up in the final third, that's a great way to create a chance. And that's the whole philosophy uh, behind Jurgen Klopp's pressing. And so he's got his front three. And in this game, you saw that Mo Salah and Sadio Mane stayed a little bit wider. Jota would press and then... If the ball was moving out to the left center back, you saw Thiago step forward. He was the left-sided center 
center mid. So he would step up to press alongside Jota and and uh, Mane was out wide. Then if the ball switched across to the other center back, you saw Henderson step up on the right side. And by sending that center mid to help press with the center forward, you are having numbers high up the pitch so that if you do win the ball, you have extra players that you can play through to create that chance. And so Liverpool wants to win the ball high up the pitch and and turn and go and create chances right away. City wants to win the ball and then keep it a little bit and work it. They're not in a hurry. So it was just really interesting to see the different philosophies on uh, on their pressing, you know, be in the game. And they were able to do it. And, you know, I think because both of these teams press so well, neither team was able to really get in rhythm, although we saw that Man City was pressing and on the front foot for most of the first half. Uh, Liverpool kind of settled their nerves a little bit and obviously got their goal, and it was a little bit back and forth. Second half, though, Liverpool came out and we saw Man-, Man City could barely get out of their half. How often do we say that? It's because Liverpool was pressing and they were winning the second ball. The way that they scored in the second half, 30, uh, 50 seconds in, was a long ball over the top. And um, Cancelo won the header. But that second ball, Henderson was right up there, ready to win it. And that is a very, very good skill to be able to anticipate where the second ball is going to be, you got to be on your game. So he was up there. Henderson wins it, and they won the ball in the offensive third. That's part of why they want to press higher, is to win the ball up high up the pitch. He finds Trent Alexander-Arnold, who finds Mo Salah, turns, gets his head up, sees Sadio Mane, plays the through ball, and they get their second goal. And so that second goal was created by being in the right place, and winning the second ball. That goal was classic Jurgen Klopp, Gagan pressing. He They sent the ball up, up high. They had numbers up, up there. They won the ball back. Uh, Jordan Henderson wins the second ball, finds Alexander-Arnold, who immediately plays Mo Salah, gets his head up, and because they won the ball quickly, two passes, and he's looking up, he sees Sadio Mane across the field. Kyle Walker's caught off guard. He plays a perfectly weighted through ball to Mane. Mane, of course, has the composure to finish it, and they get their goal. And that's what Jurgen Klopp talks about when he talks about pressing in order to get a goal-scoring opportunity. And so it's great to see that in action. Uh, it's not their traditional pressing. It was one off of a <clears throat> second ball. However, it was because they sent numbers forward. It was because they pressured the ball and they created their chance. And so the cool thing about what we see from Liverpool now versus a few years ago is they are more comfortable in possession. They can build it up. They can play out of the back. Um, but they love they love their press. And I do love to watch it. The great teams do it well. And we got to see that today with Liverpool. All right. Well, that wraps up our episode of today's podcast. And what a great game it was. Really wanted to take the time to dive in a little bit deeper to see these two amazing teams who I just love to watch every week 
even though I'm a Manchester United fan. And so, guys, thank you for listening. We're excited about this podcast. And if you noticed a little bit of variance with my voice, I lost my voice last week when I initially recorded this episode, so I had to record it in two takes. And uh, But I feel much better now, and I'm grateful for you tuning in. Uh, stay tuned because we're going to be posting another episode this week and then weekly moving forward. We want to grow the audience of soccer. We want to enjoy the beautiful game and talk um, about it in a way that uh, people can appreciate it and grow in their love of the game as well. So we're going to be hitting all sorts of topics, mostly reviews, but we'll be looking at different formations, different styles. We'll be looking at player analysis as well. We're just really excited about where this can go, and we're grateful for you tuning in. So tune in next time for our next episode of the Socrates Podcast. <laughs>